Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let your eyes keep to my ways. In other words, we go back to the foundation again. If you're going to have healthy vision, if you're going to be able to see things, you can look at these commercials and it's going to, you know, Michelob weekend, all this stuff, and you, the MTV parties and all the kids are getting drunk and they got the thing down the kid's throat, you know, whatever. With healthy eyes, you can look at that and say, even though it's kind of the end thing, that's a stupid thing to do. You see these guys smoking the weed and want a marijuana, well, it won't, won't bother you at all, just to have a little bit, take the edge off life. Why do you need the edge taken off life? you got Jesus Christ. Every one of us have areas we're weak in. The laundry list is long, and we've done a thorough job of making victory seem impossible. Today, Pastor Mark helps us understand that God can deliver anyone from any sinful lifestyle if they want deliverance. First, you must start with a healthy heart. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? When change starts to happen, it'll be important to then make a covenant with your eyes. Keep them from looking at sinful temptations. Finally, in order to win at doing life right, you'll need to keep your eyes focused on God's goals. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, as we continue with our message entitled, Better to See You. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. Now, alcohol is an incredibly controversial area. And in a moment, I'm going to include, obviously, drugs with this. You have to make your own mind up. It's interesting for some of you, if you would go overseas, we'll go to many places overseas where Christians have been raised with alcohol in their homes and so forth, and even full-on Absolutely full-on believers have a different outlook on alcohol than you and I do. But we don't live overseas. We live here. I personally don't. doesn't mean I'm right. You can have your own view. I personally don't believe that the Bible demands absolute abstinence. But I absolutely believe it warns us about the dangers and abusing it at all. In the United States right now, there are more than 14 million alcoholics. One person for every 13 adults. That's a pretty high, incredibly high statistic. Now, plus there's several million more that are on that edge. Each year, drunken drivers kill 50,000 people. Alcohol always creates a desire for more and yet never fulfills that desire. You know I have a, a background in pharmacy and so forth, and of course I've dealt with all this in my life. Now God has lots of things to say in the Bible. Ephesians 
Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So we should not be ever under any substance, at the control of any substance should not have me. The only thing that should have control of me is God. Now, do you get that? Talking about drugs, alcohol, whatever you take. You say, well, I take this stuff, it's all natural. Whatever you take. If you're under its influence, it's not right. Only God. Now, the Bible tells us, let me go through a sequence for, and listen to me until I finish. I have five little points. Just listen to me. The Bible tells us that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, he wants me controlled, not by any drug, not by alcohol, not by overeating, not by lust. He wants that body, his temple, controlled by him. So this fits all of us. It hits us all tonight. Romans 14 is a very important chapter. and Just write it down. We don't have time to even go there tonight. You go there later and take a look at it. Romans 14 talks about something that most of us don't like. It says really that as a Christian, I have a responsibility to you and other Christians. That never to become a stumbling block. In other words, I have to look out for my life. Actually, Paul says in, in Romans 14, if my brother is grieved by me eating meat, and of course in those days it was because of pagan idols and so forth, then Paul said, when I'm around him, I'm not going to eat meat. Now that goes against everything we believe. No way I'm going to care about what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do my thing. No, that's not at all, at all what Romans 14 says. Romans 14 says that I am to care about other people, other Christians specifically. So I'm to choose not only good things, but the best things in life. So what does that mean? Number one. Number three, really. Ever since I was a little boy, and my dad was a pastor, I watched people. I didn't know anything about it as a young age. But in those days, my dad did lots of counseling in our home. And I watched family after family after family come into our home. When I began to be old enough, those marriages all destroyed because of alcoholism. At a young age, I just made a determination I was never going to drink. I didn't know any risks of jazz. I didn't know anything about it. I just, alcohol was not going to be my deal. And that's what I've kept to. Now, that doesn't mean that if you want to drink in moderation, that's entirely up to you. I won't condemn you. I won't call you less mature as a Christian. But I just want to warn you of a couple things. Probably, it's not a good choice in our society. That doesn't mean if you invite us over to your house and you have a wine out, you have a glass, it's going to offend me at all. It won't offend me at all. In fact, all those years I was in hospital pharmacy, I went to parties where alcohol was. Some of you can't do that because you're former alcoholics. It'd be stupid for you to do that. Alcohol doesn't bother me. So I've chosen myself not to become under the control of alcohol. Now, understanding that one beer, one wine, whatever, doesn't bring you under its control. I know that. But I don't want to stumble anybody. Too many former alcoholics in this body. Too many marriages destroyed by it. So the better thing to do for me as a leader is just abstinence. doesn't say that you're not as good if you have a two glass of water. That's perfectly up to you and God. But as you go through that, think yourself in your own life, is it the wise thing for you to do? Our society actually 
promotes alcoholism because they say it's a Michelob weekend. All the MTV, you watch MTV? It's all sex and drugs. So because I've chosen not to be under the influence of alcohol, here's some things that will happen in my life. Number one, I'll never be a drunkard. Number two, my marriage will never be destroyed because of alcoholism. Number three, I'll never kill anybody in a car because I'm a drunk driver. A lot of good things. A lot of great things. Now, all those principles that I just gave you, listen, students especially, apply to drugs. See, the Bible doesn't speak in this verse about it, but it's the same principle coming under its control. What is the number one drug that we have a problem with in the United States today with our kids? Ecstasy. It's the rage of the students. Now, why would the students take a drug, knowing it's risky, put the Vicks on, put the inhaler on, and dance all night? Why? Here's why. They're empty, lonely, afraid of death. Why? Because their parents don't know God. And they're in a school that says, oh, you're a biology teacher? You have a master's degree? You believe in God? Oh, you can't teach in our school. It all stems back to that. So if you're here tonight, student, and you're playing around with ecstasy and marijuana and all the rest, you're headed down the wrong road. You're absolutely headed down the wrong road. Marijuana? It was a CBS story just a few weeks ago. Shocked me. Some town, I forget where it was, Virginia, something like that. Beautiful town. Middle, upper class kids. Most of the children in that town, high school kids, are heroin addicts today. It's destroyed their homes. Unbelievable. Zombies. Why? Because they need God. So don't just look at alcohol and don't leave here tonight negative. That's not negative. That's very positive. I want you to turn to a couple things. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 quickly. You say, why are you spending time with it? Because I think it's important that you make a wise choice. If you are going to drink, and again, I don't recommend it. I personally don't. I won't look down on you. But if you do, be careful. Never, ever become drunk. Why? Because it's a sin. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know, and no, most people don't know, that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? In other words, these people who have this lifestyle will not go where? To heaven. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, in other words, this lifestyle, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, See, when you read that list, people say, well, you can't talk like that. Well, God talks like that. He, this is not new to God. Nor thieves. Here's an interesting throw no one in. Nor the greedy. Nor what? Drunkards. You can put right by that the drug addict. Here's one from last week. Nor what? You say, well, that's the wrong list to have them attached to. No, it's still the wicked. See, we like to categorize sin. God just says, no, sin. Lifestyle, keep you from heaven. So be careful tonight. Nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So what does that verse say? The topic we're talking about just says this tonight. Drunkenness is a sin, period. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It's a sin. 
And there's a, if it becomes a lifestyle, it will keep you from the kingdom of God. That's a dangerous thing. Don't play with drugs or alcohol. It will keep you from the kingdom of God. Now, look at verse 11. And that is what some of you, circle the word, were. What does that mean? Well, Pastor Mark, alcoholism is just a sickness. It can't be cured. Really? There are many alcoholics, in this, former alcoholics in this body, totally cured by God. That's what the word says. This is what some, do you know homosexuality can be cured? Absolutely. So can a slanderous tongue. There's hope for some of you. <laughs> I'm serious. You say, you, you mean my tongue could keep me from heaven? What did God say? Sure. Absolutely. It's a lifestyle. Because it shows that the heart is not what? Changed. This is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. Listen to this. I just got this off the internet this week. A, lot, a true story. Brother Hong, 38-year-old house leader in China, was arrested recently during a recent church meeting, charged with an illegal gathering, tied, hung upside down, and left upside down, and fined. It says Christians began to pool their money, fearing damage to him because he was getting really sick upside down. They didn't know how long they were going to be there. They raised 80% of the money, and the authorities accepted it, cut him down. It says, Hung came to faith in Christ seven years ago in China, was saved totally from a life of alcoholism. Seeing the change in his, changes in his life, his wife also turned to the Lord, and now they serve him together. They have now split up the church of 80 members in the 10 different meeting points because they are under the continual heavy eye of the police. What I want to say to you tonight is God can deliver anyone from any sinful lifestyle if you want to be delivered. That's God. Don't leave here tonight and say, well, I talked about alcohol and drugs and whatever, and it's just a dead end. No, it isn't a dead end. God can change your life instantaneously by the power of God. God can do it. Don't be under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Now let's go to the healthy eyes, healthy vision. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 23. Three easy steps to healthy eyes and vision. In other words, what I'm saying to you tonight is, guys, be wise in your lifestyle. Don't come under the control of anything. Some things might be all right, but lots of things are better. Do the better things. Be mature. Proverbs 23, verse 26. If I'm going to have a healthy vision, it starts with healthy eyes. But the first point, before my eyes get healthy, I have to go back to where? Back to my heart. So number one, start with a changed heart. Look at verse 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. In other words, we go back to the foundation again. If you're going to have healthy vision... If you're going to be able to see things, you can look at these commercials and it's going to, you know, Michelob weekend, all this stuff, and you, the MTV parties and all the kids are getting drunk and they got the thing down the kid's throat, you know, whatever. With healthy eyes, you can look at that and say, even though it's kind of the end thing, that's a stupid thing to do. You see these guys smoking the weed and want marijuana, well, it won't, won't bother you at all, just to have a little bit, take the edge off life. Why do you need the edge taken off life? You've got Jesus Christ. He's the peace giver. So when you see that jazz... When you see that, you realize that that isn't the attraction. So, we have to have our heart changed. Only God can do that. Second, just write this down, Job 31.1. 1. 
Second thing we have to do, we have to have a changed heart, we have to make a covenant with our eyes. Job 31.1 says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. Look at Proverbs 6.25. By the way, you can also add, at a guy, you women that are here. Job was careful to realize, remember the song, some of you are old enough, just one look is all it took. Just one look. Remember? Anybody remember? Just, just one look. Well, see, the one look is all right. It's the second look that gets us into trouble. So you, can't you can't miss the first look. It just goes by. But if your eyes quit following what you're supposed to be doing, especially if you're with your wife, you're dead meat. You're in trouble. And God uses your wife to bring you around. Or bring you down, whichever will be important. Look at Proverbs 6.25. Interesting. Do not lust, where? In your heart. After her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. In Matthew 5.28, you don't need to turn there, Jesus spoke the same thing. He says this, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So, we have to make a covenant with our eyes. But we have to realize tonight that Job said, I am going to make a covenant with God with my eyes. I can't make a covenant with God for your eyes. Wives, you can't do it for your husband. And in this day of incredible, explicit sexuality in front of us everywhere, television and internet and movies and just everywhere, guys, gals, men, women, we need to make covenant with our eyes. Now, it doesn't start with the eye. It starts where? It starts with the heart, see? And that's why the heart has to be changed. That's why it always has to be open. So Proverbs says, be careful with your eyes, because that second look really doesn't come with your eyes. That second look started because the heart was already looking for something to take place. So you have to make a covenant with your eyes. First of all, you have to healthy heart. And then it doesn't tell you a healthy heart because Satan is always coming with temptations. Remember, Satan came to a temptation and Jesus says, you know, if you just cast yourself down, I'll give you all of this. Well, he knew, he used the word, but he used the word later and whatever and kind of twisted it in, in those three illustrations. But God knew, had already told Jesus, be careful. He was already filled with the Spirit. And he was able to see, whoa, wrong kind of temptation. He was able to see with his heart, I don't want to go down this road. So we have to be open to that. We have to be wise. We have to make a covenant with our eyes. God, I want my eyes to be on you. Now here comes the third one. Keep your eyes on God's goals. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And here are five do's I'm going to give you tonight. Five do's. We had three don'ts. Prideful, disrespect, alcoholism, drugs, where you come under their control. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The first do tonight is to look to Jesus. Single purpose. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let me just make a point about that. Everything that hinders. That isn't a sin. Sin is to be talked to next. See, that means that there's things in our lives 
that are not the best. And for myself, as I said before, obviously alcohol is one of those. It's not the best thing. You say, well, you might miss out on a nice glass of wine. That's all right. Is that a big deal? In the essence of life, not really. Not really. So he says, if anything that hinders you, you just, just set it aside. It's not a sin. It's just not the best. Be wise. Just set it aside. Then, the sin that so easily entangles. Every one of us have areas that we're weak in. You know what they are. I probably don't know yours. You know them. And you have to set them aside. And run the race with perseverance, the race that's marked out for us. Verse 2. Let us, as a church, as a group, as Christians, fix, focus, single purpose, our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the author. He's the pioneer of our faith, our race. He ran a race that was set before him. He gives us an example of how to do life. We're to look at his holy life, his perseverance, his relationship with God, the Father, and we're to fix our eyes. It means on anything that would distract us. You see, Jesus' goal, ultimate goal, is go to the cross and get back to heaven. My goal is to take as many people to the cross, unbelievers, and get to heaven. That's what I'm trying to do with God's strength. So I have a goal. So Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he kept his eyes on the goal. And people would say to him, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. And Jesus would say this, no, I only do those things that the Father told me to do. He had a purpose. A lot of good things on the side. Remember one day, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, all these people, and Peter said, hey, let's come back to Capernaum here. All these people are waiting for you. And Jesus said, no, it's a good thing to do, but I'm going to the next town. That's where God told me to go. So he left some good things behind and went to the best things. It was mature. He kept his, didn't allow distractions to keep him from following God. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, it's, look to Jesus. I mean, you have a picture for us or... How do I look to Jesus? Well, that brings us our second point. Look to the Word. You see, Jesus is in heaven. We can't see Him with our eyes. So how do we look at Him? Well, we look through the Word of God. Psalm 119, 18 says this, Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things in your law. Uh, go to the book of James. It's right nearby, James chapter 1. You see, we're to ask God... To focus our eyes. In other words, when we're looking, we want our spiritual eyes to be open to see as we're reading scripture what the example of Jesus is. Okay, so now you know where we should start in our quest for a healthy heart and single vision. Moving forward, it'll be important to remember a few do's to help along the way. When things get blurry, and they will, look to Jesus. He's our best example, and he never lost sight of his purpose. Look in God's Word. There's direction there. But do what it says, because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. There you have it. Now do the do's. Maybe you're listening right now, and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. 
Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. On our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will conclude his segment on vision by adding to our to-do list. In addition to what we've already learned, we'll see the importance of looking ahead, never behind. We'll never move forward when we're stuck in the past, so we'll need to look to our faith. Until next time, don't get sidetracked, because without God, you have zero chance of doing life right. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your